Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 546 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Frontline hiring continues to be highly challenging, with ongoing labour shortages in many countries. The business impact of understaffing is both significant and quantifiable, meaning hiring speed is a critical lever for business value and competing effectively in a competitive talent market. So how can employers speed up their processes while offering a great candidate experience and improving retention? My guest this week is Joshua Seacrest, VP of Client Advocacy at Paradox. During his time as a global TA leader for McDonald's, Josh used technology to reduce frontline hiring times from 21 days to three days. He's continuing to help employers automate recruiting and innovate with AI at Paradox and has many valuable insights to share. Hi, Josh, and welcome to the podcast. Matt, thanks so much for having me. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, so I'm, I'm uh, really pumped to, to be here and pick your brain. Fantastic. Well, it's absolutely brilliant to have you on the show, finally. Um, can you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm uh, Joshua Seacrest. I'm the Vice President of Marketing and Client Advocacy out at Paradox. Talk a little bit about Paradox here in a second, but a leader in, in hiring automation, conversational AI. Um, I've been a, a talent acquisition talent leader for past uh, almost 20 years. Uh, was able to kind of cut my teeth at Abercrombie and Fitch and uh, Hollister Brands. Uh, sat in just about every HR seat. Uh, got to be an H, um, you know, a business partner. Got to uh, uh, lead culture and philanthropy and, and global talent acquisition there. Uh, then got to uh, join McDonald's um, and was the head of global talent acquisition at McDonald's, as well as talent strategy. And so within that role, got to support both corporate hiring, as well as our owner operators and our restaurant hiring. And we were doing about 2 million hires per year within uh, within restaurants. And so I have, I have just always had this passion for how do you have, you know, uh, how do you build great teams and have those teams help drive your business? And while the start of my career was really focused on kind of doing that at a corporate level, um, McDonald's kind of lit a fire under just how much innovation could happen and how much you could help drive business results through transforming frontline hiring. Um, so just really excited about that. I got to meet Paradox um, at McDonald's. They 
Paradox really came in and, and helped us kind of retool and, and transform sort of everything that we were doing, especially within our restaurants. Um, they helped us go from hiring in roughly 21 days to down to, to three days, kind of was uh, automated a lot of things so our managers could step away from the process. Um, they were spending usually about seven hours a week uh, trying to hire people and going back and forth and scheduling. We were able to automate to about two hours, so saving five hours per week. And then a lot of our customers were also our candidates. I mean, there's almost 100% overlap. And so it was kind of neat to be able to see uh, you know, a 99% candidate satisfaction rate um, come out of there. So it just it, uh, lots of light bulbs came up within that experience, was excited to be able to, to join Paradox and kind of um, help build some really cool things and, and help help clients here. It's certainly been a very interesting two or three years, well, for everything. But um, if we sort of zero in on frontline hiring, um, incredibly disruptive, disruptive time in terms of in terms of what's been going on. What are the main sort of challenges that you're seeing in in that market at the moment? Yeah, it, it, one. I've, so you've got such an amazing global um, global reach. So you've got some different challenges probably by market. I'll do my best to kind of tackle this at like a, a global scale, and I'll let you know as I dive into the US. But you know, in a lot of our markets, we're seeing that labor demand is outpacing labor supply for almost the first time in the last couple decades. So what does that mean in super simple terms? It means there are way more jobs than there are unemployed folks to be able to to, to fill those jobs. Um, and I think that's like a really interesting piece because in some of our markets, we're hearing kind of all about um, maybe layoffs or reductions, but almost all of that's happening in sort of the corporate professional setting, you know, kind of that white collar uh, force. Whereas, you know, when you look at it in um, kind of at, at a whole, you know, at least within the US, means there are only about 6.3 million unemployed workers right now, you know, this month, we, you know, we're recording this in August, um, you know, it's, it's about a 3.5% unemployment rate. And you compare that to open roles, which is almost north of 11 million, right? So, so maybe that's the first piece is, like wow, there's a lot of competition for for um, the un the unemployed workforce or for those that are currently employed. So that's interesting. That that puts a strain on this, and I think it's being disproportionately felt in frontline. So that's probably one. Two is all technology has gotten better, and we're going to go into how like you know technology has has gotten better and it's made things really simple on on a lot of different ends but i i think it also means that job boards like indeed and you know google jobs has also gotten better but what that means for us as employers is you're seeing a lot of applicants who are uh kind of snatched up uh within 24 hours of the time they apply um you know the indeed data right now is basically saying that People apply frontline positions. People apply to about 15 jobs every week. So if you get an application, it means that you're pretty much racing not only against the economy, <laughs> but you're also racing against probably 14 other employers who are trying to get back to that candidate, you know, in the same week. So it's it's resulted in just some really interesting numbers that people are paying attention to at the C-suite level. You know, one of one of um, we serve about forty thousand restaurants uh, at Paradox, so get to really get my hands dirty there and, and try and help help solve the staff. Right now, sixty two percent of restaurants are saying that they're understaffed to meet consumer demands. So when when you're when you're hitting that um, type of level, what starts to happen, right, is 
our C-suites getting is starting to get involved. You know, they're starting to see how understaffing can actually impact customer service, revenue, um, usually uh, spikes turnover. So a lot of different things that we can in, get into, but I think we are just at this like this headwind. But it is a it is a bifurcated uh, uh, you know group. Uh, because it's a little bit more disproportionate on the front line than it is how we're feeling it on the the corporate side. What I think's really interesting about that is the 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 way that you can you know almost precisely track business value and revenue and and profit um, to how successful you are in frontline hiring and getting people on board and getting people up to speed. Talk us through some of the, the sort of the concert, you know, specific consequences you're seeing for, for, for employers with, with these kind of problems. Yeah. W- one of the ways that I, I like to frame it, and again, this is frontline hiring because we've got almost put a different mindset on frontline hiring than we do corporate hiring. And so maybe one of the questions I would ask is like, does your C-suite care if you can hire in three days Versus three weeks when a location of yours is understaffed. And I would say like at the top of my lungs, oh my goodness, yes, they do, right? The longer that you're taking to hire, you know, your C-suite, I think very is very in tune with if you're understaffed, you're going to have productivity loss during that time when you're understaffed. So during, during that time, your potential revenues are, are taking a hit. Think about that in a restaurant the lines get longer for the drive-through. What do we do when we see long drive-through lines? We move on. We we find the next Starbucks. We find the next McDonald's. We find the next Burger King. Um, what happens when those lines, why they're getting long is because our we're not able to fill the orders as fast, right? So our ticket times are slowing. So during peak hours, we're starting to see that the revenues coming in are decreasing because you don't have the staff to fulfill these orders. Take that in retail. What does that mean in retail? It means you're probably not stocking your shelves as well. You maybe have fewer cash registers that are open. You again, you have people with arms of clothes that are potentially walking off and saying, "Hey, I might, I might purchase another day." So you've got this really real short-term revenue loss. The longer it's taking for you to hire. The second piece is you've got customers interacting with your location under-optimized, and so they're essentially having a poorer experience. And potentially that's a negative review. That's potentially not coming back as a return, a return, uh, a customer from a, from a bottom line perspective, there are actually more costs with hiring slowly as well. You're spending more time trying to get rounds and rounds of interviews and candidates through. You're getting really frustrated because you've got more drop off, right? You're spending more time on, uh, spending more money on job boards. Um, because you're not getting the candidate and the and the flow through, and ultimately that means that it's really hard to get your stores back to optimize. Because what you're also starting to see is your turnover rates start to increase because the leftover remaining staff, right? You're stretched thin. You're not necessarily getting paid anymore. You're getting less ideal hours, and you're getting frustrated. You know, there's there's a lot more sweat equity having to be put in, and so. You know, I, I I just think it's a it's a really interesting piece, and it's something that kind of during COVID, as we started to kind of rebound back, what we saw was some of the the largest employers in the world, the McDonald's and the Compass Groups and the Nestle's and the General Motors, were some of the first to transform hiring at the front line um, because what they were starting to see 
is that there was real business impact. And if they could hire faster, then kind of like all of these good things start to happen, right? You're spending less. Your your stores or your locations are are operating how you would want them to be operating. You're you're bringing in more revenue, you know, um, and 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 ultimately you're you're chipping away at that at that turnover. So all these good things start to happen. And I just want to juxtapose that maybe to how you and I think about corporate recruiting for when when we do when we do this for our corporate corporate or professional roles, which which I would say. Do I care about time to hire? I do. I, I, I think it's an interesting metric. It's not my most important metric. I would much rather hire you, Matt, and wait three more weeks to be able to get you relative to maybe somebody who's not as not as qualified for the role. Whereas that totally flips in frontline hiring. The faster you hire, the more candidates you can choose from. And it essentially drives better quality because you can find people who maybe align with values or their schedules align and, and it yields all these kind of positive things for your business. So I've just been really excited um, by that. You know, maybe my last example here, Matt, is um, you know, you look at data within QSR. So quick service restaurants. And this is you're talking about drive-through um, and particularly um, maybe hits on revenue in your understaffed happen during peak hours. So let's think about that during like Breakfast, lunch, dinner time, not not the slow periods. In a uh, like a quick service restaurant, you can lose typically you'd, you'd leave about two hundred to a thousand dollars, you know, on the on the table, um, you know, if you're understaffed, and that's usually understaffed by one one person, you know, just that that like one tick down in in understaffing. Um, you know, I, I like to run those numbers. So let's just take a number in the middle there. Let's say $500, $500 you're losing per day. If you're taking 21 days to hire, then you're leaving about $10,500 on the table for every single hire. If you can now hire in three days, right? Now you're, you're recouping about $9,000 per hire. Did you lose those three days? Sure. Yeah, you lost... You left $1,500 on the table. Would you prefer to never be understaffed? You absolutely would. Getting back $9,000 per hire, especially for most of your listeners who have global brands or hundreds of restaurants or hundreds of locations, you start to multiply that out. And holy cow, I mean, back to McDonald's, we were hiring 2 million people per year. You know, that is significant return. Um, and I And I just, I think that is what fires me up because... It is such um, a very specific way that TA leaders and HR leaders are getting a seat at the table because it's it's very clear to our C-suite that this drives revenue, this saves costs. Before we we kind of move on and talk about how companies are um, are getting better at doing this, I suppose there's just a couple of things I want to you know maybe kind of pull out of, of what you said. Um, I suppose the first thing is more of an observation is when we were talking about, you were talking about corporate hiring there, you were talking about in terms of weeks, but really this is almost quantifiable in terms of minutes, isn't it? <laughs> Basically in terms of, in terms of speed. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great. We've been able to run research on, um, in, in frontline hiring as we look at some of our like top 10, top 15 performing companies, but the data sets over a, a million applicants. What we're seeing is is speed is critical, 
Um, so we're starting to see, you know, the average in the market is usually about 14 days to hire and slow is usually around 21 days. We're seeing our top performers hiring in three to four days. Um, some, some are even doing it in same day or 36 hours. What, what they're doing differently is they think about it at every single stage of the applicant process. They're moving fast. So applications went from, you know, probably what most of us are used to 20 minutes, you know, long forms to those are being done in two minutes, almost always with a mobile device via chat, eliminating logins and passwords. Then I think the magic is not only making the application easy. So you've got someone doing that in two minutes, but behind the scenes, you've been able to say, Hey, they need to be X age to work here. They need to be qualified to work within the country. Um, they maybe need to have two years of service experience and you can actually qualify instantly into the next stage, which then is scheduling. Scheduling, we can then automate that process. So you can say, Hey, we actually have open time today or open time tomorrow. You, you text us back, which, which time you'd prefer. So now you have a part of the process that used to take three days. I know that's what it was for us at McDonald's. It took us three days to try and get someone screened and then scheduled, at which point we saw drop off. Now happening in three minutes. It's almost instantaneous after someone's applied. So think about the advantage as we tie that back to this like, oh, people are applying to 15 jobs on Indeed at one time. Well, if you can be the first one to say, hey, Matt, you qualify. And Matt, we have this, this interview for you later on today. You already have this advantage. And then we're seeing our, our, our best clients. They're basically having their, their managers because in frontline, right? It's not always a centralized TA team. It's sometimes it's, it's typically the manager of the location is then being able to interview them oftentimes within 24 hours, if not the same day. They're making an offer usually right after that interview. And then some are, you know, they're, they're, if you have them going through the background check, it's usually 48 hours or less. And some are even, you know, finding ways to, to make that faster. So you're just seeing all this move at hyperspeed, but at no point in the process are you kind of taking your, your foot off the gas. And that kind of speaks well to the, the second point that I was going to make, which was about hiring manager time. Now, it's something that you you mentioned um, as we were sort of talking through that. I mean, is that quantifiable in terms of the the effect on the business if hiring managers are constantly having to arrange interviews, do interviews, um, you know, fi- find, 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 you know, find people, deal with cancellations, all those kind of things? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a really, it's a critical one for us because I think there are, there are two really important points here, right? One is our manager operates as our recruiter. That's one. And two, they're doing that when they're understaffed. Okay. So, and, and I think that's really critical um, because when it's understaffed, back to what we were previously talking about, it's when we see turnover rates start to spike. We see that in crew or team member positions. But we actually also see it in manager positions. And the reason we see it is because a typical manager of a location, I I can't help but think about retail and and, uh, restaurants here. They're kind of superheroes, right? They're, They're running the business. They're putting out fires with customers. They're keeping the restaurant clean. They're training staff. And then when they're understaffed, they're also having to um, operate a business that is, that is short staffed, that needs help, that is strained. 
that customers potentially are getting more incorrect orders, slower ticket times that they need to resolve. And then we're asking them to recruit and hire oftentimes with a clunky system and a clunky process. So the, the, where we're at, where we now start to have this commercial grade technology that is automating. And that's a big, big part for paradox where we've been able to be these, this, this market leader. And, you know, I think the, the genius of our CEO is kind of really leaning into automation, you know, early on. So we could get really great at it is, you know, how do we get these managers to spend more time with their people and customers and less time with software? So automate just about everything up until the point of the interview. And then just about everything afterwards, you can toggle on what you what you want them to involve with, but that's ending up saving them these five five plus hours. Which, to your question, I'm like, is that valuable? It's like, oh my goodness, it's valuable. Not only is that valuable, even in a moment where you are staffed, because hey, I would much rather them spend time looking at sales. Um, overseeing the operations of the business, training up team members, giving kudos to the team members, interacting with customers. I would much rather that, let alone right in the moment when we're understaffed, where we're asking them to plug even more holes. In that time, I'm desperate to have them on the floor. I'm desperate to have them shielding maybe some of our te- teenage workforce from an angry customer or a dissatisfied customer or making sure that sales are still um, still flowing, even though we are short staff. Like that is such a valuable thing. So is it quantifiable? I think it's quantifiable in a couple different ways. Like one is um, getting those hours back and thinking, thinking about that. But right now, if we're saying, hey, we're willing to pay someone $25 an hour, and then we're going to have them spend 10 hours a week trying to recruit... I think those are real dollars that you'd say, well, right now you're, you're spending this, you know, this, this 250, you know, dollars um, on this. And if you could, you could, if you could shift that to something else, um, you know, that's definitely a save where you'd have higher impact and higher returns. What is it that's changed or evolved or developed in technology in the last sort of few years that makes this kind of speed of hiring possible? What are the what are the sort of the technology factors that that, that go into this? Yeah, I, I think we're on this really um, kind of really interesting AI advancement. That when you look at kind of all of the charts, you know, from AI being able to recognize handwriting to speech to image to reading comprehension language, right? And you start to say, well, how how is AI performing relative to a human? Would it be better for me just to to do it myself, or should I turn it over from like to an automation or AI standpoint? Just within the last three years, especially this like reading and language piece has like kind of surpassed what human performance would mean. Oh, that's that's a fancy way of saying like it's gotten really good and it's easy. So I would say one, we're in we're in a really um, unique spot within the last few years where technology can solve some of these problems, whereas five years ago they could. So maybe that's one one part for any of our you know like the amazing TA leaders that are are listening is that it's like, oh, if you haven't gone through an RFP for technology to see what's out there for the last three or four years, kind of get back out there because kind of the new breed, the next gen technology isn't just like one or two X better than it was. It's like 20 X better. 
Um, so just, it's been a, a pretty great hockey stick. The second piece is it's not only smarter, but because it's smarter, it's allowed for uh, tech companies to make the interfaces really simple and easy. So, you know, we always kind of talk about, you know, you, you take an Apple iPhone out of the box, you, you don't, nobody reads the instruction manual, you just start playing, it's intuitive, and it's easy. Um, you log on to Instagram, and you instantly know how to, you know, you know, click the heart means like, it's intuitive, and it's easy. And what we're starting to see is this commercial grade type of technology hit HR. And what does commercial grade look like, right? It's um, it's conversational. So it doesn't feel like an app you have to download and learn. Um, it's something that regardless of your age, whether you're 16 or you're 70, you can kind of pick up and, and be able to do. And, and it's, it's really smart. Why it's so important within Frontline is that it's removing some things that were always sort of these like necessary hurdles that we all knew caused drop-off and waiting. So a couple examples of that would be, you know, from a security standpoint, you always used to require a login or a password. It was frustrating for all of us, right? Because you you knew you were losing probably 60% of people who were interested in your job, but that process just felt necessary. Now someone can use a QR code or text a number or go through a full chat process and you don't even have to have to do that. You can now get instantly qualified versus like sitting in kind of a um, sort of a death zone for, for a while. And, and that's, that's speeding things up. So that AI advancement is then kind of fueling um, how easy and simple the technology is. My, my favorite technology in the HR and recruiting space um, when built right almost feels you know, invisible. It, you're not learning a new piece of tech. It's the stuff you already know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the 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 results that you you got at McDonald's. What other kind of impacts and results have you been seeing from some of the other um, employers that you work with? Yeah, it, there's some really interesting ones. I'll I'll do a, a couple here um, because it, based on the size of an organization, obviously some of these numbers can be great. But you know, a couple that I really love. You know, one was uh, General Motors was able to bring. Um, Paradox in General Motors is a is a workday uh, client as well as a Paradox client. So um, they basically said, "Hey, you know, we're hiring at such volume. You know, for them it was a little bit more of these professional roles, but we're hiring at such volume that we're having to add on contractors um, to help us just like schedule all of these interviews." In um, we were able to come in and through automated scheduling. That's really kind of beautifully done. I mean, a couple clicks and you've got, um, you know, multi-person interviews that are getting arranged, you know, based on being able to like go into the to folks' calendars and be able to book that. Just by putting in this automation for scheduling, they were able to save about $2 million within their first first year. And it was actually even within their first, first 10 months. I just did a, another webinar with um, a client called Southern Rock. They basically own 150 um, restaurants. They came to to us and um, you know struggling with kind of everything we were just talking about. You know, they had about seventy two percent of their restaurants were understaffed. So back to this, 
Okay, roughly if they're losing $500 a day and they've got 72% of their, their restaurants under staff, they were able to automate their hiring process. Um, they're now hiring in 36 hours, just wild. Um, they're now 0% understaffed. So they've got it so down that they've got a proactive flow of candidates. Again, they're competing again in the same labor environment that everybody else is. They've just found this competitive advantage. Um, and then they've also been able to um, continue to kind of upgrade their team. And so they continue to look for ways to chip away at their um, their turnover. And so their retention numbers have continued to to go up because they're feeling like they're ahead of the game. They're able to hire the people that they really want to. They're able to give out shifts um, like they'd want to. So I, I think that's a really, uh, a really cool one. And then maybe the last one, and it's two seconds, but um, I just think uh, what the team out at uh, Nestle is doing in our partnership is, is so fantastic. So they actually leverage um, SAP success factors. We sit on top of them. Uh, but they deployed uh, Paradox in about 47 different countries. And so, you know, that's helping them run faster and smoother. But I think the the piece that ties back to your previous question of just like, wow, like how did we get here and how did we get here so fast? And what's what's helping us bridge this gap from a technology standpoint? It's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't think I could have imagined five years ago a technology being able to say, hey, we can do this in 47 different countries and you have 17 different languages, um, supporting lots of different workflows um, that's super highly configurable. Um, and I think that's where we all as TA leaders now start to benefit. The technology is simpler. It is, it is, there is more automation, but that frees us up to do other more important tasks. Our candidates actually like it because it's a warmer, more flexible experience. And then all of us geeks on the back end have more data to look at. We have more flexibility within, you know, I love being able to design out workflows for kind of each different person, each different profile that I'm hiring. And now having the flexibility to do that on the back end, that's not a heavy lift is is uh, is really cool. In terms of recruiting automation, um, you know, there's some great examples there of, of of what we're kind of seeing at the front line and the innovation that's happening and, and what technology can 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 do. If we take a sort of step back and think sort of more about talent acquisition and recruiting kind of more broadly, um, how quickly are you seeing automation being adopted in general? And, you know, what would your advice be to TA leaders who are looking at automation across, um, you know, the, the, the work that they do in terms of, um, you know, getting the most out of, you know, getting the most out of technology and the most out of their humans? Yeah, we're, we're starting to see it pick up pretty fast, but I think we're still at the kind of that early, early stage. I think we're just past kind of early adopters. Um, but I, I think where we're at, is really interesting for anyone who, if they're listening to your podcast, they're already really innovative and thinking differently. Um, what I think is so unique about this time is, is the tech is good and it's really sound and it's been implemented almost in an inverted adoption curve. So if we're saying, hey, less than 20% of companies are, are using this right now, there's a lot of opportunity to be able to be a first mover in your industry or gain a competitive advantage in, in your industry, but you're doing it with technology. And this is different, right? You're doing it with technology that's not in beta stage. You're doing it with technology that 
oh, McDonald's is actually pressure tested. General Motors is actually tested, pressure tested. Nestle is, is pressure tested. And so that's different. Um, and so that allows for you to have confidence in the tech you're using while also being able to sort of gain this competitive advantage quickly, uh, kind of uniquely probably within this next couple of years where you can say, hey, it's a, it's a tight labor market. There are going to be winners and losers in my market. How I'm going to make sure my business wins is being able to, to, to transform and adopt some of this, this automation. Where I would qualify some of this is like, hey, there's there's a lot going on in in AI. Some of that AI fuels automation, and some of it's doing some other things. You know, where I'm probably most bullish and aggressive is like is like the really uh, like simple administrative tasks that we can get off of our team's plate. Like start start there. Um, really easy application processes that can be twenty four seven on mobile devices where, you know, if it's conversational, all the better because no, no like passwords or logins or drop-offs, you know, automatically do some quick screening based on the parameters you set, not that AI sets and automatically schedule, right? Just doing some of those things, you're going to get so many more candidates because you remove all of this friction from the process. Um, You know, it's a candidate experience that like who loves the back and forth of, interview scheduling or just waiting to hear back if you qualify. Nobody, nobody likes that piece of it. Um, by, by automating some of that stuff, you know, that is, um, it makes you faster and it, it removes chunks of hours that then you can redeploy to other, other places. So we've talked a lot on frontline. I mean, like that's, you're giving managers a lot of time back to be able to spend with your customers on the corporate side, you know, my favorite thing that we do is this automating interview scheduling, you know, again, whether you're doing panel interviews, you've got a global team all around the world, um, you need to, to do back-to-back interviews, corralling schedules is one of the hardest things. If you can, with a click or a toggle or two, if that all of a sudden automatically happens, you know, I mean, that's that was probably seven or eight hours back to my recruiters per week. And how I would use that then is like, that's, that's great. That's, that's time with my hiring managers, right? That's time with the candidates, like actually recruiting and making sure that these like stars end up coming to our company. Um, So, so yeah, I I think you're at the early stages, which gives you an opportunity to kind of um, generation skip uh, right now. And, and I'd kind of focus the team on like, automate those processes that are currently administrative before you maybe go too deep into like AI decision-making where depending on your market or country, there may be uh, more hoops to jump through there. As a final question. So as you say, we're still very much at the kind of the, the early stage of, you know, automation. We're also looking at sort of two or three years well much longer but over the next two or three years i'm sure there's going to be huge leaps forward in terms of you know what ai is doing um in our industry where do, where does this take us what do you think talent acquisition looks like in five years time yeah i i think it's going to continue getting smarter and smarter and i think all of us in the profession um i i do think this is kind of the golden age of um, you know, like what we're about to experience, 
my prediction would be uh, generative AI is a really a wonderful thing that's that's coming on that's going to be able to support um, uh, you know some of the motions within within recruiting. We're already seeing today how conversational AI is being able to automate a lot more, make things a lot easier, start to take things off our plate. I think with generative AI plugged into conversational, it's just going to kind of like raise raise the sea level. Everything's going to be smarter. It's going to be smoother. We can we can provide more complex prompts, and I think we'll start to have kind of this, um, you know, the the idea of paradox is like, what if every recruiter, if what if every hiring manager had their own assistant? And I think that assistive uh, technology will just keep getting smarter. So, what does that mean for the profession of recruiting? Does that mean recruiter jobs are going away? No, it means that we're going to get to be doing the thing that we love which is like, like recruiting top talent, right? Like we, we will have less of the organizational administrative and a lot more of the, I want Matt Alder to work for my company. Matt doesn't, doesn't know about us right now. I need to spend time making sure he's got all the right information. I'm going to fly out to him to take him out to dinner. I'm going to (laughs) make sure that he's got an offer he can't refuse. I'm going to make sure he connects. But really recruiting, thoughtful, strategic recruiting to get the best people in. And I think that's where we're all passionate about it. We and, and we're all passionate about having those conversations. It's just at scale in recruiting. I think we've been forced into this corner of how, you know, how do you build scale? Well, you need all of these processes, you need all of these things, you need to move steps in status. And I think a lot of that's gonna start to go away and we're gonna be able to be really strategic. I do think the person who's in a TA role whose super strength is just kind of logistics or like logistical, um, you know, that role, I think, may be more challenging than the person who loves recruiting, loves seeking out talent as a talent advisor is like a, um, um, someone can, who can really like spot talent from far away. I think that person's going to be more and more in demand. Josh, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you for having me, Matt. My thanks to Josh. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.